0: What's up, all you stars and studs? I am Maria Canales Bennett, the first lady of professional wrestling, and you are watching the Insiders Edge podcast. Peace, friends.
1: The following announcement has been paid for by the WZWA Network. Hi, everybody. This
0: is former WWE superstar Al Snow. Maria Canales Bennett. TWN is Sean Oliver. My name is Eugene, and you are watching the Insiders Edge podcast. Now get on the
1: train. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Insider's Edge podcast here on the WZWA Network. I am your host with the most on the West Coast, California inferior. It is so great to be with you once again. And here today, I am I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I... Uh, you know this is this is a big one this is a big one right here for us here on the wwa network and i have the opportunity right here right now to interview the intelligent the powerful the funny the naturally cool there is a difference the multi-talented the absolutely drop dead gorgeous maria Canella bennett what's up mate
0: Hi, I, you know what, I feel like that should be the end. I mean, I can't top that. So maybe, maybe that's the end.
1: (laughs) It, it, It has to be the beginning. I have to build it up. Put you on a pedestal because that's how everyone on this show deserves to be treated. I am not a negative wrestling fan. I am somebody that really truly believes that everyone should be put up on a pedestal because of what they put into the wrestling business. And you certainly have put a lot into the wrestling business, Maria. And uh, it always starts somewhere. It starts from when you became a fan. How did you become a fan of professional wrestling?
0: Uh, So I used to be a fan when I was a little kid, I would watch it with my brother and I actually broke my brother's nose um, because I was trying wrestling moves on him. Um, So it started very young. Then I got out of it for a while. And then I went back into watching wrestling and being a fan with a boyfriend. I dated in high school, the boyfriend is long gone, but the wrestling it stayed.
1: Right. You know, that's, it's interesting. The, the, the sister usually isn't the one that tries the, wrestling moves on the brother it's usually the other way around that's what happened with me my sister was older than me but i'm like hey just just lay down i'm gonna i'm gonna put on this thing called the figure four leg lock on you okay and then yeah she wasn't too too impressed with that but uh (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) so okay so you were a fan early on uh watching with your brother there's a bit of a gap in time. Obviously, you see there's an opportunity to do this, you know, this diva search and all that. Uh, obviously, it works out quite well. They bring you in eventually. Tell me a little bit about the early days in WWE and and how mind-blowing it must have been for someone to all of a sudden be thrusted into this crazy bubble that is professional wrestling.
0: It's wild because I only knew... Uh, professional wrestling as WWE, I didn't know that there was this whole other world of independent wrestling. So I came in on the grandest stage of them all at the time. And uh, that's where I remained for uh, five and a half years. So um, to be thrust into the spotlight right out the gate to have my very first matches um, live in front of millions of people, it was insane, but you can't think about it. That's why I think you, you, when you start young, it's almost better because you don't have all these, um, these adult like thoughts of fear and like, oh, I can't do that or whatever. You just believe you're invincible. So you're like, yes, I can do this. Why not? <laughs> so um, there was that side. But then there was also the fan side of like, when I met Undertaker for the first time and I was like, oh, I watched you on TV and I, you know now i'm shaking your hand and everybody's like oh don't look him in the eye and i was like i don't look him in the eye when i shake his hand (laughs) and then you see the rock and he's in catering and i'm like oh my god i can't go in there and so i walk into catering see the rock walk right back out go into the bathroom and scream like a little girl at the top of my lungs you know so there there was like two sides of it like yes i can do this i am awesome but then there's the other side of like Oh my gosh, I am a fan and these people are my idols. Like so there was there was definitely two sides of it.
1: I'll tell you what, if I saw the rock in person right now, I would scream like a little girl. It's uh it's it's totally normal.
0: I, you can't help it.
1: It's the rock. Yeah. Come on. I mean, come on.
0: That's what uh, you're supposed to do, you know, that is the, that's the proper response to meeting the rock is to scream.
1: Right, of course. Um, look, they bring you in, uh, you know, I know I'm skipping the divas search and all that stuff, but you've kind of talked a bit about that on other shows. So I kind of wanted to talk about different things on our show. And, and one thing was they brought you into to interview and, and, and be the ditzy girl. Um. You know, did they ask you to practice in front of them? You know, okay, just pretend to be really dumb or something like that. Did that? Is that how you, um, you know, were introduced to to doing this character as an interviewer?
0: No, actually, it was my own fault. I, um, they wanted me to cut a promo. I'd never cut a promo before, so I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing, and so here I am, gonna cut this promo and. All I could think of is I'm a little teapot, so I sang I'm a little. Teapot my very first promo in front of Paul Hayes. Unfortunate situation there. This That's is what right.
1: happens. Shit happens. It's all right.
0: Okay, so where was I? I don't remember. Uh, my- uh, the, the
1: the the it was it was your mistake that you had made. Uh, uh, with the ditzy girl character uh, oh yes yeah
0: so i i totally thought like i'll just sing i'm a little teapot and this will be fine and you know everybody will think it's funny and nothing will come of it because i was nervous i didn't know what to I, I didn't even know what you know how to do a wrestling promo i hadn't been given a character or anything like that so i was like i'm a little teapot this will be funny we'll just get through the day that one promo
1: became my entire first half of my career crazy crazy I, I think uh things like that seem to be so prevalent in 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 the WWE you know uh Vince see somebody do something and all of a sudden they're being told they have to do it on television the next week uh, yes so. <laughs> um uh, one thing I I wanted to ask about was um how did you feel about the transition of, of doing that and, and doing interviews and all that, but then transitioning to wrestling more? Because um, in your first run in the company, you wrestle 198 matches. Uh, so oh, I never knew! Well, there wow. you go. Two, you had two, <laughs> two more to go to hit 200, and you didn't quite get there, but 198 matches. Uh, so I want to ask you, how, what does Fit Finlay mean to you? Because I, I think he might have been a part of helping out with that maybe.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, my first matches were on television. I, I didn't have a singles match with a female until it was live in front of a raw crowd. So I had wrestled um, Chadwick's, and that was my very first match. But my first match with a female was in front of a live WWE crowd. So, and if it wasn't for fit, I never would have gotten through it. Like it it literally, he changed my life in that sense where um, he protected us girls. He looked for what we were best at in matches. And we just focused on those things. My finisher came from Trish um, and she's like, oh, you can use this move as your finisher. It was something easy. It was something uh, that I could do to everybody. you know and and fit asked trish like is this okay that she uses it and trish was fine with it so um if it wasn't for fit i don't think a lot of us would have gotten through those matches because a lot of us were learning those moves live in front of a raw crowd
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is that is incredible and it, and it looked like um there really weren't that many problems uh, considering how inexperienced some of the girls might've been. I mean, there's obviously a lot of other girls who are quite experienced, but then the inexperienced ones, it didn't really seem like there was too much of a problem. Fit Finley, as far as I'm concerned, this guy, just based on that, not even the wrestlings, his actual wrestling career, just based on, on, on what he means to, the 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 women's revolution and and the evolution of women's wrestling. What he means, especially in WWE, that's a Hall of Fame induction right there. Count the count the wrestling career in as well. He's a shoe in. He should be in already. I think
0: he should be. And um, he kind of was like the connector um, between the women's wrestling of the past and the current crop of women's wrestling. So he was that, that in between, he, he protected us. He, um, he taught us, he helped us through, he mentored everybody. So yeah, I mean, he was a vital part of um, my career
1: absolutely and and every time a lady gets inducted into the hall of fame they always seem to bring up his name so i needed to bring up his yeah. name here today because it's important to put over those that i'm sure molly
0: will bring him up too oh i can't wait <laughs>
1: that, that is a long time coming i've always been a massive fan of molly so very proud for her yes. to be in uh-huh. so okay this next subject a bit of a sidebar it kisses kisses on screen um i look there was a part of time in and with WWE where I wasn't watching very often so in my research I I was uh YouTubing a lot of Maria Kanellis moments and I was like oh she kissed him oh she kissed him as well I didn't know you kissed Ric Flair that's that's hilarious
0: oh and he took a killer bump off it too I was like (laughs) yes
1: it was was fantastic television uh kissing John Cena Santino and you know what the one that surprised me the most that I had no idea about even though I know I watched this WrestleMania you kiss Snoop Dogg and I have to say Snoop seemed like he was very sensual with his kissing
0: yeah I was high after actually
1: (laughs) I can imagine
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh no he he total gentleman like it's just a lovely human being. Um, and yeah, I mean, he was up for anything like as far as the match was concerned. Um, what a fun night that was.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, you know, what? I'll tell you what, I, I'm sure it drives Jeff Hardy crazy that he will never jump off anything higher than Snoop is right now. Um, <laughs> just wanted to put that one out there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Okay, next question. I'm sure you've had it a million times, Playboy. Um, uh-huh. To 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 be offered this opportunity to be a part of Playboy back in the day must have been very exciting for you. If it were me in your position, I probably would say no because, well, no one would want to see me naked and I'm sure no one would want to buy it. But in your case, it's a completely different scenario. So <laughs> <laughs> when you... Uh, how were you first offered this opportunity and please tell me about that experience. Cause it's a, uh, that must be quite a, quite an experience.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was, so I was actually third in line that year. The two girls ahead of me turned it down. I don't know who they were, um, but I was third in line. So to be offered the opportunity was really cool. Um, and weird fun fact, uh, Kim Kardashian's playboy came out that year too mine actually outsold hers so that's really cool (laughs) now forget about it but if we were to redo it again it would never happen that way but um i think that's hilarious (laughs) it was such a good experience i mean i i would do it again in a heartbeat because it was so much fun um i was able to have a lot of input on the style of photo shoot we were gonna do um and for me it's just such a cool thing to look back on and say that's one more thing I was able to do
1: yeah no that's really cool and uh, you know what there will be no rematch it's Maria Canalis one Kim Kardashian zero <laughs> um, and I, I, I want to say this about the cover of the Playboy um, the only the only problem I have with it is that it says interview with Nickelback's Chad Kroger I just wanted to um, <laughs> say that as well. Uh, <laughs> uh here's a thrilling moment for you wrestlemania 24 the playboy bunny mania Lumberjill match look okay that is a ridiculous name for a match but you got to wrestle on a wrestlemania for someone who saw wrestling as a kid this must be thrilling for you please tell me about that experience
0: it was great. Um, I was, my partner changed twice. It was supposed to be, um, I think originally it was supposed to be Ashley. Ashley got hurt. Then Candace got hurt. And then it went back to Ashley. Right. Um, so to be able to say that, like, I was, I partnered with Ashley at a WrestleMania. Um, that's my favorite part about it. Um, and I just remember her excitement before going out there um and the crowd just loved her so much so it's bittersweet in that sense um but also the lights went out in our match i thought we were so bad that undertaker was coming out to the (laughs) ring like (laughs) i really believe like while i'm in there and i'll i'll never forget this because i i was on the ropes i and I was gonna do this huracarana from the ropes on to Beth. And so I'm up on the ropes, the lights go out, Beth goes, just keep going. And I was like, okay, is Undertaker coming out? Like I, but what happened is uh, they had broke a breaker um, and lost power. And so they had to re-up the system and that's when all the emergency lights came back on and then we were back in the light. But you know, Undertaker tried to make a run -in in my match. (laughs)
1: <laughs> fantastic I, I know in ecw when something went wrong in a match they would actually play new jack's music and new jack would go out there and just whoop some ass so you probably think it maybe undertaker was about to come out there and whoop some ass too but um oh yeah they
0: would have just <laughs> ran away
1: though <laughs> and, and look I, I want to apologize for skimming through your first run so much but i have so many it's questions okay. for later i've on. talked about it so much
0: i, I think know. people are like that's enough
1: yeah, and and, and, and look, for, for, for your Australian fans who will be watching this show, they might have not have seen the other interviews, but I would just want to ask the question, why did you leave the first time around?
0: So um, it had a lot to do with where I was at in my life. So uh, I had just done um, Celebrity Apprentice. Um, I had a really good run um, with Celebrity Apprentice. Uh, I made it to the final episode. I was living in Los Angeles and I was starting to, you know, get busy with other things there as well. Um, I actually had written some music and um, when it came time for negotiations, WWE didn't want to pay me anymore. Um, they actually offered me the same amount that I was making for the first five years of my run. And that just didn't sit well with me. I, I was working just as much as John Cena or as um, any of the top guys of that time. So um, I, just, uh, I just felt as if I should at least get a pay raise. And um, they didn't wanna do it. And it really just, it proved to me they weren't loyal to me as much as I was loyal to them. And so when the time came to sign my contract, I said, no, I was like, you guys have seen what I wanted. They didn't even try and come up to, you know, like halfway. They just said no. And so I was like, okay, then it looks like we met at a crossroads. And at that time too, like, um, the women were paid so much less than the men that I was barely making ends meet in, um, when I was living in LA so for me like to be this big superstar to be on Celebrity Apprentice um and in front of 21 million people on the season finale um and to not get a pay raise or even be paid like uh, half what the men were being paid that for the job I was doing it just didn't sit well with me so I said okay I'm not gonna sign And then I got a call the day after my birthday and they released me. So, um, I, I actually felt relieved, um, because I felt like, um, I, I felt like I didn't need to do that rat race anymore for a company that didn't appreciate me. So for me, like, I felt really good about my decision and then for three months after that like then I I got concerned like oh did I make the wrong choices blah 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 but then I ended up working for Ring of Honor and then I was like wait this is this is where I'm supposed to be so yeah I mean you go into things and you don't really know it's like jumping off a cliff but I think it worked out that time and I think it's going to work out again
1: Absolutely. And, and what year was it that you left? Just this coincides with my next question. 2010. Cool. So they let the 2009 diva of the year go the following year. So, well, I mean, you're not going to win back to back now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that was the thing is like, I was, I was doing everything at the time. It was literally like, 2008 my playboy came out 2009 i won the um diva of the year but i also celebrity apprentice was about to come out um and so it was like everything was just kind of cooking on all cylinders but it just they didn't
1: that's mental that's mental that you're in front of 21 million people on tv and they don't want to keep someone that's had that many eyeballs on them around mental
0: Yeah. They, they said that, um, so from what I gather, I had gotten too big for my britches, but what I was asking for back then was not even half what the guys were making that were doing less work than me.
1: Unbelievable. Unbelievable.
0: It was was crazy. But you know, at the end of the day, I, I think that it's part of the reason why women have been able to step such like had these leap and bound um, uh, advances yeah. Um, because of those moments. Because when I left, it was a stream of people of women that left right after me. It was Michelle McCool and Mickey and then Maurice left it. You know, it was just a stream of women that were like, that's it. Enough's enough. Like, and I really believe that that time is what created that fantastic indie scene that there was in like the 2011s. Um, And I think the indie scene is going to come back again.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Ring of Honor, the first time around, this is a very important part of your journey because now you're not, now you can show your range. Now it's not just, it's the interviewer girl or, Girl that kisses Snoop Dog. <laughs> now you get to show your range and you, you're gonna be there with the love of your life, your one and only Mr. Mike Canellis. Um I look, I have to ask this question. How did you and Mike fall in love?
0: Uh fall in love. Well, I think it had something to do with um I pretended that I liked his jokes. No. Um, no, I think he is he really listened to me um and that was probably the main thing for me is um i'm very outspoken and um i'm not bashful about my opinions whether it be about wrestling or politics or whatever and he just listened he didn't try and make small talk with me when I had no interest in making small talk. Like I, I wasn't at the time. Um, I was very fiery about everything, which again, I'm fiery about everything now, but um, after being released and everything I went through back then um, it was nice to just have somebody listen to me. So that's, yeah. That, he's a good,
1: he's a good listener.
0: He's a great listener. He's also very funny but I don't like to tell him that because then he tells me even worse jokes.
1: (laughs) Fantastic. Um, So, okay. Ring of honor. This is Mm -hmm. kind of like uh, in a way, the next evolution of like that smart fan, uh, you know, in the audience there, did you find it difficult to be accepted by hardcore fans of ring of honor based on what smart fans can be like, and they can be like, oh, what's this WWE diva doing in in our place? Or am I just like making shit up and being kind of like Dave Meltzer right now?
0: No, I mean, so what we had um, going for us at the time was Mike was so hated by the Ring of Honor fans that I came in as a heel. That it helped. It, the crowd, I will never forget the crowd. The crowd was just hating on him he was out in the ring and they were just booing him like crazy we hate labor. my music hits they start cheering and then all of a sudden it turns like ew you're with this guy they were so mad it's great um, so it was it was great but then um ring of honor let me talk and from my real voice and from a real place. And so then it was, it made it easier because now mm. I could guide the story and I could, um, you know, I, I would know where the storyline was going. So now I could educate the fans and how they wanted, how they were supposed to feel about me and Mike. So, and then the kingdom, um, which I didn't have that opportunity in WWE. I was, you know, always pushed down, um, and told what to, what to say. So, um, except in OVW, which Heyman just kind of let me go when I was in OVW.
1: Of course. He always seems to find everyone's strengths and wants to accentuate them. Uh, yeah. but WWE seems to like to pigeonhole someone and keep the, this is your spot. You're staying there. You're staying in that spot, but ring of honor. Here you go. You get to show your range. The first lady. I fucking love that idea. I think that is fantastic. <laughs> Look, miss Elizabeth is up, you know, rest in peace. She's not around. There needs to be another first lady of professional wrestling. Why can't it be Maria Kanellis? She's got all the same qualities that Miss Elizabeth has. Maybe maybe more of an attitude, though. Miss Elizabeth was quite prim and proper. Maria kill has got a bit of an attitude behind her. I like that. <laughs> uh, I think I just think the idea was fantastic out of the gate. Thank um, you. And it, it made so much sense. And one thing I want to bring up, Ring of Honor's 13th anniversary, you're working with ODB. I watched this the other week. I fucking loved it. Please tell me a little bit about it.
0: Oh my gosh. So I wasn't a full-time wrestler at the time. So we got all the bells and whistles involved. We were like, all right, how many guys can we bring (laughs) out with us? Like, and jokes on me, like, so I thought ODB would be the one that would like hurt me or, or really connect with no, no, it was my own husband. Um, (laughs) He was, uh, So a couple weeks before that show, we had done a house show that was non-televised, whatever. And so Mike um, was giving me a super kick in it. Okay, fine. He whiffs me in that house show match. So for the pay-per-view, we're like, we're not going to whiff it. It's going to be great. Like, it's going to look awesome. I step in. So does Mike. but takes my head off. Like, I fall over like a tree. It was insane like i i still remember that sound of him hitting me and i was like i'm not getting up now i'm just gonna stay here on the floor so yeah um odb is amazing um thank you so much for her coming in and being there and making me look decent and um the briscoes and that storyline like they made the next half of my career um And being so willing to work with me um make me look good like but that's ring of honor and like that that is what you can't recreate anywhere else Mm -hmm. it's that like love for a company and love for a product that is bigger than everybody's own shit like yes we want to all look good everybody does of course but we want the product to be good we want the wrestling to be good and so um that's why like uh i i think that all of the storylines um they all end up with like some final match like the one with me and odb that just is like yes
1: yeah Um, and you know, you would have gone into that match against you know a legit tough girl like ODB, yeah. And the last thing you would have thought that you have to worry about your husband more, Uh, (laughs) how dare he?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's just Uh, that. And then he gave me this (laughs) apron bump one time, spear on the apron that I was like, oh, my insides just came out. I had an out of body experience, like it was insane.
1: Unbelievable. If if Mike hears this, I'm, I'm team Maria. Okay. I am team Maria. How dare you, Mike? Uh, (laughs) ROH seemed like a very special time for you both. Um, He is being put up on the pedestal that he deserves to be. You are too. You're finding like this just comfortable level to be at. Why do you guys leave? Um, at the time that you did the first time around when it seemed like you know Ring of Honor really did a lot for both the characters?
0: So we were looking at um moving forward with adult things like buying a house and you know grown-up stuff and so we were looking at the the financial side of it and um we also were looking at uh, that Billy Corgan and uh, that Lagana was. Uh, they had a really good crew over at Impact, and so we right. we're like, "All right, let's you know, let's try something else, see if that works." Which it never was like, "Oh, we're leaving because we're angry," or "No, this was just an adult decision of right. like, okay, we probably should do this now and." um i'm glad we did like oh my gosh the talent we got to work with the you know everybody from chelsea to mia to gail like it was just a a slew of incredible women and then ec3 and um reconnecting with like bobby lashley and all of them like we had such a good crew that i'm so thankful for that time um but, you know, it was just, it was one of those things where it was like, okay, let's see what's going on over there. And then we can always come back if we need to.
1: Of course. Yeah. Like you, you're, a, you're at like kind of an apex. You're doing so well somewhere, but it's like back in the day when people would go from territory to territory, like, okay, we've done this here, but let's just go over here and see what this is like.
0: Yeah. Let's just, you know, check it out and see. And um, yeah, I mean, and I think that the wrestling went wedding, like at Impact will go down, at least in my mind, as one of the greatest moments in wrestling history. <laughs> um, just because, like, everybody was so good. Like, like, just Braxton and Allie and, like, their final moments together and, like, Chelsea, <laughs> like, makeup everywhere. And, like, it was <laughs> yeah. just so fun.
1: <laughs> so before I talk a little bit about Tina, I have to bring up New Japan because, look, okay. I know... I know you love this too, because I saw a tweet of you talking about how much you loved it, but I I've watched this like at least a hundred times. Cause it's just so funny. There's a, there's a moment in a match with uh, Mr. Carl Anderson and you're on the ring apron and he's doing a little dance and overcomes AJ. He's a bit mad about the situation, but then he grabs him, pulls his hair out of his face, makes him take a look. Okay. Now they're both dancing. I just think that is the most hilarious thing I've seen in the last 10 years in wrestling. Love it so much. Uh, And then I saw some interviews with Carl where this is like missed Opportunity with WWE because I was like, like in tears of laughter with him going Maria, Maria. (laughs) It's just so great. It's just so great. Please tell me about Carl Anderson, this moment that you guys came up with. Uh, and Maria.
0: <laughs> so it's like, that, that <laughs> whole thing literally came out of nowhere. It was like, I did a few things with, uh, Captain New Japan and like so, something happened with Liger and then like gradually it ended That's up right, being yeah. <laughs> more Carl and Doc and, um, that night, I'll just—I'll never forget. Like AJ's face, this is just, like his hair is. Get-
1: it's so good. Oh,
0: it's just so good, and like just, he's in just my, like look, in bro, my just body, look, look. I'm laughing. Oh yes, <laughs> I, in, in my body, I'm laughing hysterically and going, please don't, please don't laugh, please don't laugh, please don't laugh, as this whole thing is playing out. Um, one of the greatest times of my life. Like <laughs> I enjoyed it to the fullest. I. Like, every day that I got to a show, I was so excited to be there. I loved being in New Japan. I hope to go back again. Someone recently said that my butt was a new member of um, their group uh, in New Japan. <laughs> like, I, I'm i hoping that that happens again, um, at least once. I'd like it to be at Wrestle Kingdom, though, because I never got to do a Wrestle Kingdom show. Um, so... I'm hoping next January, it'll be, I'll be in the ring, reliving all of those moments. Just one more time. You know, why not? I'll bring the babies, it'll be a whole thing. I'll wear the tiniest shorts I got. I don't care. I just want to do it again, just a little, you know, it was great. I mean, it was totally unscripted, came out of nowhere. We all just had fun
1: that's fantastic like and, and to think that me look i'm in my mid-30s i'm a hot-blooded italian male you think i'd be watching that clip for the booty no i'm watching that clip to watch carl anderson and aj and the way that they're dancing and the way that they're reacting it's just <laughs> it's man let's right. really out on something there they could have rehashed that and and done the car oh, we
0: tried we did. we tried and they said no
1: um because oh, like, we didn't come up with it first so we can't yeah. do it come on man
0: money is money i'm sorry but like if something's money let's let's just pull, if something's good let's just do it why not exactly but
1: exactly god damn
0: we still have plenty of time carl and doc are out there doing impact and we're over in ring of honor who knows what can happen
1: who knows? Uh, let's get to TNA. You're in TNA for a year. Um, how did you find TNA's creative process at the time? Is Billy still there at the time? You know, how, how did you find that they went ab- about, you know, if you're pitching ideas, because I feel like you might be pitching ideas and they're letting you run with it because, um, what I saw on television with you it just seemed like okay like this is the best I've seen of Maria Canellas with the promos especially with the that great segment with Ali where you ended up becoming the knockouts champion. Like gosh you were you were, you were despicable you were despicable. I just loved it.
0: I was I was but you know what there was there was a greater a greater good in all of it. Um, there was uh, highly talented women there that all they needed is someone to hate. And, um, that, that is literally some of the proudest moments I had nothing to do with my work, but just watching them just grow, um, and, 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 and excel and then go on to have all these amazing careers. Mia's over and Chelsea is over in WWE. And then you've yeah. got, um, Allie who's over at AEW and, um, Alison Kay, who I, I believe is going to do great things as well. You know, see so you. You had all these this tremendous talent that was there. And the creative pro- process was, uh, it was, it was great. It was easy. It was, okay, this is the general direction that we're going. How do we get there? And that was it. Like, yes, I would have scripts, but you also have to remember, sometimes we were filming like four episodes in a day. So these incredibly uh... long scripts had to make sense to me or else I was going to forget all of it. Mm -hmm. And some days I did, and I just kind of did my own thing, but like, it literally was, um, an opportunity to go out there and get over your character using your own words or what you thought your character's words would be because we had so many like, um, things that were working against us like time. And then, um, you know, you, you had all this stuff to remember and, but, sometimes I think that's when you work your best because you're like going out there and you're like all right this better be good
1: <laughs> yeah and, and you know, especially that segment where you became the the knockouts champion when I watch that I'm like I but I I adore Maria I I adore Maria but <laughs> I, I'm not supposed to dislike her I can't believe I dislike her right now this is this just this doesn't feel right it's it's just, yeah, it just felt like you, You look, I just want to put it out there. I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass because you're on the show. That was incredible. You did a great job.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I, I had a lot of great people to work with. So um, there Allie. was a time that uh, <laughs> that I remember very fondly that Allie was feeling like, um, you know, kind of like uh, she's going down this path is she going to get it back? And I think that the payoff was there. And I think that, you know, when she did get one over on me, I think it was there. And, and that's the exciting part is to just, you know, she, she was incredible through the whole thing. And at the end of the day, she's one of the best wrestlers in the world and she's not able to wrestle during this whole storyline. And, um, yeah I mean I I can't wait to see more matches from her because I feel like um she she had one recently and I just I want to see more matches from her because she is so talented in the ring as well
1: absolutely and uh yeah it's just it's meaningful to to have those moments where um you know someone like her you're working with her and you can do something that builds a new person up you know you're you're a name Mm -hmm. that's well known and you're helping build someone up that's nice speaking of building someone up Gail Kim uh come on I mean this is someone else who should be a hall of famer one day feuding with her Mm -hmm. please tell me about working with Gail because I I really I really like her
0: so Gail is the foundation of the women's division and impact she has been for a long time. Um, she has an incredible mind for the business. she is amazing in the ring. Um, she got me through uh, a, a match that I shouldn't have been able to do mm-hmm. um, and and but that's who she is. She is great at getting the best out of people and um, throughout my storyline with her that's that's the biggest takeaway.
1: Absolutely. It was such a great uh, end to the whole story there. And, uh, you know, the comeuppance came about and the evil Maria was uh, (laughs) done for. Finally, thanks to Gail Kim. Um, One thing I wanted to say was, you know, uh, Mike was actually given a chance to show what he could do in TNA and Ring of Honor. So I was so hyped to hear that you both be coming (laughs) to WWE. I'm like, here we go. Like, this is where, this is where these two are destined to be. And um, okay, I know I'm kind of, I skimmed kind of through the end of TNA there, but
0: that's okay.
1: This is the important part, right here, Maria. You guys are coming back. What was promised from the get-go? From
0: WWE. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, let me take a step back from this. I was supposed to go back to WWE years before, um, when total divas first came out, I was, um, I was signed on to do another reality show that was for women's wrestlers that covered the independent scene. Um, WWE came in and like eliminated that show, made sure that show never came on air. Total Divas was the one that they moved forward with. Well, that's nice. So when Total Divas came out, um, I was invited back. We were in contract negotiations. I don't know what happened, but my contract went away. Okay. So. I was like okay that's weird someone has it out for me whatever move past that great time in new japan in ring of honor in um impact so i had gotten over that when i was brought back they told me i was going to be a part of total divas they told us that we were going to either be on wrestlemania or the night after wrestlemania so monday night raw Um, we were told that we were going to get merchandise right out the gate, uh, you know, the whole, the whole nine yards. We were rushed through, um, medical, all the legal paperwork, all of that. We were told it was the quickest that they had ever done it. Um, and so we were promised all of this. We signed in April. We were not brought to TV until June. So we sat on our butts and, um, as I brought stuff to go to the hall of fame, to go to WrestleMania, to work on Raw or SmackDown when we went to WrestleMania that year. So I thought like when we went down for like signings and stuff that year, I thought we were going to show up on TV. Never happened okay, fine. They brought back um, the Hardy Boys. I didn't want to infringe up that whole thing. I I thought, you know what? They're going to get the spotlight right now. They're just holding off on us. We sit at home. We sit at home. We sit at home. Okay. We're going to bring you guys in with this brand new song. Um, You guys are going to be the power of love couple. It's going to be awesome. All this stuff. Show up the first week. Vince or somebody doesn't like it. The The second week there, we are put on... Um, the internet special or something. Um, and that week when I got in the car, I freaked out. And I knew, I knew we were done. This is before we knew I was pregnant. This is before Mike ever came out that he had a drug addiction. This was before everything. Week one, we're on TV. Week two, we're on the internet, whatever, exclusive. And I knew I I knew we were done for. So um, everything we were promised was literally like uh, taken from us.
1: I just, I just don't. Okay. All right. Let let me compose myself. (laughs) So I don't get too mad. Uh, I just don't understand why you would hire two people, one person who's got a track record with the company um, those popular 2019 debut of the year and not have a plan for at least six months. Okay. We're going to bring these two in. We're going to bring them in here. And and by this point in six months, we're going to, we want them to be at this point in six months. And for, the, for it to be that big fuck around where they, as you've mentioned, big fuck around for me, it frustrates me because look, I, I'm not, some sort of creative genius but i think even i could figure out something to do with two talented very good looking people not just you mike's very good looking too uh very good looking people talented have shown what they can do in different companies i do not understand how you can't come up with a game plan of where you start and where you want them to be within six months that pisses me off you're
0: talking logic you're you're talking logic in that. They are the biggest wrestling
1: company in the world, Maria. <laughs> how do they they've done it before? How do they know how to do it now?
0: So <laughs> is okay. there too
1: much so red what, tape? What is the problem with the WWE creative process? Is it too now? many people with too many opinions? No. Too many chefs in the So
0: okay, everybody puts it on the writers. It's okay. not the writers. No, it's, it has I know nothing it's, to do with the
1: writers. Me. Yeah,
0: it has everything to do with Vince's reactionary and he is not, he does not make a plan. So, oh my gosh, all of a sudden, AEW got high ratings. <gasps> okay, we need to catch the building on fire and uh, catch Randy Orton on fire and then we're Roar gonna have all this crap and, and blah, yeah. blah, blah. It's a freak out. It's literally a freak out. Every time somebody else gets higher ratings, it's a freak out. There's no plan there's no nothing. It's literally like a child. Like my, my three-year-olds, almost three-year-olds tantrums are better thought out than what happens in WWE. Like I, I don't, they have so many resources they don't use. They have so much talent that is abused and ages out that they could have these uh, wonderful careers and be it's like punk said way back when in his pipe bomb promo and back then it was a million dollar company that should be a billion billion dollar company and now it's a billion dollar company that should be a multi multi multi-billion dollar company yeah it just goes back to that if if it is not vince's idea it is not good enough if it is not a reaction to something that happened at AEW or some other entertainment group, like then it, it's, not, it's not worth Vince freaking out about. I went, I love this idea that Mike and I didn't go in Vince's office. We did many, many times because we knew what we could do and what we wanted to do for WWE because I was excited to be back there but that wasn't the case he didn't like us so because we weren't liked we didn't get the things that we we wanted or that we were fighting for and like I don't know there's been people in the past that I don't like and that I work with but guess what I still want them to do well I I still want to create with this person even if I don't like them because that is best for everybody it is not liking someone is not an excuse to make them look bad. We don't get along with everybody. That's fine. But at the end of the day, they took me and Mike from a place where we were, we were doing well. We were respected in the industry and then just tried to embarrass us, which I think in the long run is going to look worse on them than it does on us. Yep. just because of how many people they released um, and, and because of the great things that other people are doing. So Carl and Doc are still Carl and Doc and they're still killing, it, you know, like, yeah. and, and, and like, as indies start opening up again, you're going to really see how talented all these different people were that never got to show
1: it. You're only so- as good as the creative written for you. And I'm sure the creative team had some ideas but because it has to go through all that red tape and bullshit and by the end when you get to that end point the idea probably changed so many times by the time it gets there and then it just get, gets nixed at the end because of it and it does yeah.
0: and Heyman, Heyman has been a great friend and mentor to me for all these years and even he didn't didn't have the power to push our storylines through. Mm -hmm. Our storyline was supposed to be me, the evil bitch and Mike to eventually look like this big baby face. And for me to go on maternity leave and then to come back somewhere around WrestleMania time and for us to meet back up either as major heels or major baby faces because, oh, look, I just had a baby and I'm back now. (laughs) But neither of those things happened, which, again, I'm sure in the long run it's going to work to our benefit.
1: Yeah. I just, uh, it just, to me, it just seemed like there was never a plan in place that was set in stone. And it's just very um, disheartening for a fan like me that thought that, you know, this could be a hall of fame kind of part of Maria Kanellis's career where she could really show her range and in years to come, eventually she'll get inducted. And then Michael get inducted too, because she will be the first lady of wrestling She'll be get put in this spot. She get fucking booked the right way. I'm sorry. I'm swearing too much. I'm Australian,
0: yeah, it's okay.
1: uh, <laughs> but like, like if it were me, like I already know that by now it, you know, with, with how I know how what your range is like from watching you and TNA and Ring of Honor, man, like they need a, a strong female that could be a hell of a heel stage. on the microphone.
0: I really, my, and I sat in Vince's office, I talked him through this entire idea, but my idea was I wanted to come in and stand in the top of the stage and to have whoever just won at WrestleMania, the girls, to be yelling at them and telling them nobody wants to see women's wrestling.
1: Oh, and man, I just wanted to feel all
0: of that heat, <laughs> all of it back on me. And that's what I wanted. And Vince said, no, it's too, it's too close to the diva's evol- or to the women's evolution and blah, blah. And I was but like, no, that's, that, why yes. that's why you do it now. That's why you do it. You do it now. Because if I said nobody wants to see women's wrestling, what's gonna be the comeback from? every wrestling fan out there, no, I wanna see women's wrestling. Even if I don't wanna see, I now wanna see it because you told me I don't wanna see it. And that was the character I wanted to play. I wanted to run things out with Mike, have him become this big baby face, recovering at a great story, inspirational, me to go off and say, nobody wants to see women's wrestling. But I didn't, I didn't get to do that because it was cut short. Um, Do you mind if I call you right back?
1: Sure. So, okay, where were we? Um, So, all of this bullshit is taking place. They never had a plan in place from the get go. They mucked you around. I think mucked is an Australian kind of term. They fucked you around if that's the American term. Nothing has really happened, which is, as a fan, it's very frustrating for me for nothing to be happening. And, 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 you know, Mike Kanellis went from being the miracle to like, they're just doing nothing with him. It's so frustrating. Yep. And um, okay. All of this stuff has happened. You're pregnant. Um, I don't know if it's the first pregnancy, the second one, I don't I, Did you get pregnant twice in WWE? I did, yeah. You did. So it was Uh the second time with the Ricochet segment. Am I correct? Yes. Uh Okay. I loved this one because, and it's nothing against Ricochet. Okay. You're only as good as the creative written for you. Okay. And I don't think that he's ever been given anything that meant anything so that I could learn about who he is and what he's all about. But there was a segment backstage where he said that he, you said that he was the father. He said he wasn't the father, that he would never, but, but, you know, <laughs> but you know, not that I wouldn't. I just, that made me laugh so much because it's such a dude's kind of response. Um, yeah. <laughs> what did you think of this whole thing? You know, was there supposed to be mm. some sort of story coming out of this? Cause I feel like it just disappeared.
0: there was i mean that's uh, that's the whole thing is like so it it was going to be where i just kept saying different names so mike would end up in matches and then he would get so frustrated in a match that he would just lose his mind You would see all this like um blowing off of tension at some point and that would be the split between him and I. And I would go off on maternity leave and he would go off to have these great matches. And that's what was promised to us. And I'll never forget the day that I marched into the production room. Um, They were having their producers producers meeting (laughs) and I got the storyline for the night. I got all the verbiage and stuff and I was scared. Like I didn't want my husband to come off like, and this was that day. I didn't want him to come off as weak. And so I was like, I'm fine with it if this is going somewhere. Mm. I was like, but I'm not okay with this if this is going nowhere. And so I walked my little butt, well, big butt, into the producers' meeting. And I was like, okay, I'm not doing this tonight unless it's going somewhere. And everybody, oh, it's going somewhere, uh, blah, blah, blah. No. whatever, whatever like it was total bullshit and that like I should have known better and um but I I wanted to believe like the first time I was in WWE that they did want to make the most out of their talent like I thought they valued the money that they were putting into these contracts and Mm. wanted to get it back yeah but but now they just, well, not anymore, but during that time, they were just paying people. So they want to go elsewhere and make money for other people.
1: Well, they wanted to pay Rhino to just stay at home. And he was like, no, I, I still want to have the end of my career. I don't want my end of, the, of my career to be me sitting on the couch. They wanted to pay him to stay at home. That is just, oh, oh my God. I can't handle how frustrating uh, the WWE makes uh, how frustrated the WWE makes me. Um, but that I Mike get so did. mad.
0: Mike, Mike asked for his release because he's like, yeah. "Wait a minute, I I'm thirty something years old. I only have so long in this yeah. industry. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to spend the rest of my career on the couch. Yeah, like,
1: how how dare you take away someone's prime of their career just because you don't want them to wrestle elsewhere? That's that's so unfair and uncool
0: yeah and you take away their passion their purpose like i have this funny little thing i say a man without purpose is annoying and like <laughs> but that goes both ways like a yeah. woman without purpose is annoying too like you just spin your wheels like you you can't do anything and you that's where you that. at
1: you want you want to create you want you want to be a part of creating content that means something that people will remember. Look at the big show. He's just done interviews. Now he's like, I have this final part of my career where I want to be creative. It means a lot to me to be creative, but I'm, I'm, I'm sitting at home doing nothing, but like the end of my career, I really want it to mean something matt hardy was the same i want my career to mean something right at the end there i've only got a little bit left but not only that it's people who are in the prime of their career that are stuck in that company that like give, mike was they don't get given the creative that they need so they can feel like hey and
0: that i've, I've created think, something i think i think that's where mike was in his career he's He's now in the prime of his career. Yeah, don't waste he only it. has this much time to really make a name for himself mm-hmm. that he can live off of for the rest of his life. Yeah. And what WWE did is they just squandered that. They, they made him change his name so that he couldn't make money. And like that, it's just evil and manipulative. and um, But that's why he asked for his release because yeah. he didn't want to have to tell his kids, "Oh, well, when they ask like what does daddy do for a living? Oh, daddy sits on his butt and collects a paycheck." Like, yeah. no. 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 Daddy goes and bumps his ass off in front of crowds, hopefully when crowds come back. So so he can put food on the table and he can build this great life for you. He works hard for his money. Mm-hmm. And and for me, I was willing to let those next few years play out in WWE because that's where I was at in my career. But I've had a lot more opportunity than Mike did. Yeah, I had my moment in the sun where I worked with Ric Flair and with Stone Cold and with The Rock. And, you know, I I've taken. uh moves from Kurt Angle and from Umaga and I had Playboy and I did Celebrity Apprentice and I had that great run over in New Japan that nobody else had done before and I went to Ring of Honor and nobody said I could do it and I, I had those moments in impact. I, I accomplished a lot of what I wanted to accomplish whereas Mike didn't and so mm. like we're, we're at two different points in our careers um And so that's why he asked for his release and I didn't because I was like, I, I can sit on those great moments. And when I'm released from WWE, now I can take those great moments and build something else. Mike didn't have that. And not only that, but they put him at a disadvantage because they're like, oh, and we're going to change your name and look like your wife's bitch. Like, come on.
1: Yeah.
0: But. Now we have this great opportunity to change those perceptions again. Um, But at the time it was cruel and unusual punishment.
1: Absolutely. And, and before I get to the next bit, this has been a very passionate part of the, the interview, (laughs) but like, again, about people's primes being wasted. Someone like a Wade Barrett, somebody like Mm -hmm. a Dolph Ziggler. I feel horrible for Dolph Ziggler, even though he's doing quite well. And, and congratulations mm-hmm. to him, but this is someone that should have had as many WrestleMania moments as Shawn Michaels. And this guy only ever had his first WrestleMania singles match last year in 2020. That is disgusting for someone that talented to not have all these opportunities to have moments. Goddamn! I, I, it, WWE upsets me when they waste a prime of. a so career. Like When
0: that. the spirit squad happened um it was like um it was one of those one in a million events the spirit squad they were so over with the crowds we would go to a house show and they would get more cheers than dx or anybody else on the card didn't matter who was there spirit squad was the top and during that time two guys no three guys were the ones that were taking the majority of the bumps and it was Mondo and it was Jeter and it was Dolph and those three guys are the ones that were the workhorses of the group but like they crushed them they crushed the spirit squad just because they were getting more cheers than DX was or whatever bullshit and unbelievable things like that that makes you think like maybe vince isn't that savvy maybe he's not you know this creative genius you know how can you take something so great that paul Heyman created put it on a national level get as over if not more and still crush them
1: yeah well, I mean, look, the proof is in the pudding. He didn't think that Stone Cold was going to be anything. He didn't think John Cena was going to be anything, and look at him now. Um, uh-huh. uh, okay, so let's move on from this bit. I, I, You know what? I could talk for another seven hours about all that stuff. but uh,
0: <laughs> You need to go to bed at some <laughs> point.
1: <laughs> it's 1 a.m. in the morning, my time, but I, I'm still going strong. 24-7 <laughs> champion segments. This is what I wanted to uh-huh. talk about because um, – <clears throat> It uh, look, I watched a segment that yeah, you were you were in the hospital, um, and Mike pinned you on the on the bed. Okay, that wasn't too bad, but after that, and look, I love r truth, and I know he didn't come up with it. It's not his fault, but for him for him to be, he's dressed as a <laughs> he's dressed as a pregnant lady, and I, I, he throws a, a doll into the air, and Mike's trying to catch it. And then it gets rolled up for the pin. And I'm like, this is just as bad as the time that Carlito tried to chase Hornswoggle through a painted hole in the wall. People like to rip on Vince Russo for bad stuff. But for me, this is bad TV and it doesn't make Mike look very good at all. They have no intention of making Mike look good. Um, although I say that, did you enjoy... <laughs> Recording the segments. I don't know. I just think
0: that it just so the truth is, truth is a true professional. He's um, uh, he's hilarious. He's
1: great every time he uh, does anything. He's great.
0: But like it, if we knew, like it was just getting silly, and like it was so nitpicked. Like the first time we ran through it, it was great. It was done. Like put it in the can, show it later. Like it was done. There was no reason to keep running it because the funny is in the quirkiness, and like it just lost that the more times you were doing it. Yeah. Um. And and so no, I mean, and so many people were watching. It was like, why? Like, why do we need this many producers and a an agent and a this and a? This? And it's like enough already. Yeah. Like, I've been doing this for my entire life. Like everybody go away let's just film the thing and let's go like it was just so um it was so strange at certain points I'm sure if I just put line. one
1: producer there and just have the talent come up with ideas themselves it probably would have ended up being funnier because whatever it was whoever it was that came up with the final ideas it just wasn't funny it was just yeah just, I mean it, it was supposed to be
0: ridiculous but then they tried to make it more serious and then that's when it went off the rails it's like no this is ridiculous let's let it be ridiculous um same thing happened when i was in the ob's office and like i and he's pinning like it was funny and then we kept getting all these notes because we were away at an actual doctor's office and so we're getting all these notes and we're like, no, this is like, why are we trying to make this serious? Like, this is not serious. If we're going to be attitude era, let's be attitude era. Let's not be attitude era ish. Like, yeah. no.
1: Either go all in or don't do it at all. That's the whole thing, right? And there. I was
0: fine with going all in. Like, let's make it ridiculous. But no. <sighs> Instead, we just went, let's almost oops like it's
1: like the ricochet segment i was like oh maybe they're gonna finally start going a bit more edgy with shit then it just anyway look okay let's get away from the negative i want to talk about a couple positive things okay maria we're we're very close i've only got like about four more questions before we get to our final segment but these are very meaningful things right here okay all right uh so the 2019 women's rumble uh you get to be in it um i've been saying since years ago i was like why don't they do like a, a when they didn't have as many uh ladies on the roster why don't they do a tw- at least a 20 women's rumble on the rumble i had been saying that for years so i came up with the idea originally yes, <laughs> i'm did. taking that one okay but um you get to be a part of the 2019 women's rumble which i think is the third one um or the second one, I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, please in the comments on YouTube, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, it must have been really fun for you to say, hey, I get to be a part of the a ladies, you know, Royal Rumble match.
0: It was great. Like all of this wrestling stuff I got to do was great. I mean, I I got to be a part of this in, in there with amazing talent. Like I can't thank Nia Jax and Tamina enough in uh, the first match I did um, when I came back from you know, just having my daughter, and they they protected me, they made me look great. Like, I'll never forget that night. My, they, they panned over to my daughter watching me. Like, it's fantastic. a little known fact, she had just puked on Mike right before they filmed her. <sighs> yeah, that's what babies do. So, um, yeah, hilarious, but like, so, these moments that i got to have um in the matches were awesome yeah and like i was always ready to go like in matches if they wanted to throw me out there and do some silly stuff like why not sure that's great um so yeah super thankful i got to be a part of those
1: that's great and you know that your daughter treated mike the way that the wwe did uh,
0: (laughs) this is true (laughs)
1: uh okay uh not as
0: cute not as cute october 28
1: 2018 fantastic event evolution um you're in the battle royal uh this Uh is uh really like such a meaningful show please i mean i know i've seen footage of how the ladies were reacting to being a part of this amazing event um please tell me how you felt um on that day
0: uh, I felt disrespected in a lot of ways um, right. because they put so much of it on the divas. Like we had, we had done something to sabotage women's wrestling. Um, so yeah, I, I get I, you. Yeah, it was, it was like it was weird because it's like the divas never wanted to be treated that way. No, we always wanted to be treated well. Yeah. And, I wasn't a great wrestler, but I worked with great wrestlers. Like you had Trish and you had Lita and you had Mickey and Beth and uh, Michelle McCool worked her tail off and so did Candice to be great champion. So like, it wasn't on the Divas. It was on WWE. But never once did I hear WWE come out and say, we didn't treat women well in the past. This is our gift to you moving forward. We've always had talented women and now we're moving forward. No, no, that was never said so it was like this weird experience and then i also heard that day that they're never going to do one again because whoever doesn't think that it would be successful so like it was a weird situation like they were putting the onus on all of these uh these women of the future and like that they were the ones that created this yeah, evolution it's such bullshit, it's such bullshit like, isn't it yep. what about what about molly holly uh yeah, what, yeah. About what, what about medusa what about victoria what Sharon about sherry what about victoria what about yeah like i i'm sorry i think they existed before this evolution happened like yeah. they were fighting for women's rights long before these a lot of these women were born and it's not on them either they're all incredible like the the women of today are super athletic and i i love them to pieces and i've worked with them and everything but I also think like we have to remember how this all went down.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, We have to, we have to appreciate the people that really did pave the way for us and pave the way through a much more difficult time with less social media to say, Hey, this is happening to me. It was at a time where you had those fights in the dark. You had those fights, you know, begging for spots and time when nobody cared and that's yep. what my group was doing we were fighting in the shadows and there was nobody to shed light on it and i felt like that evolution was that it was literally like saying no no these this group of women is they're better than you like
1: it's that, such bullshit there's such bullshit it's so upsetting <laughs> for me because fuck man you you're, you're all given like three minutes and it's going to end in a roll-up pin which you always did you always knew that the women's matches were going to end in a roll-up pin and it is it, frustrating for me because like i've i've watched the whole i've watched the whole from start to finish you know okay i've seen alundra blaze and like she was my favorite i loved that i loved her
0: she's an amazing person
1: Bull Nakano, fantastic. But then it got to that era in the Attitude Era. You got Sable. I'll tell you what, I don't care. She wasn't very well trained, but she did a fantastic job at what she did. Jacqueline was right there. Luna Vachon was right there. She should have been inducted into the Hall of Fame, not just put into the legacy wing. That is so disrespectful to what she's done. Um, You have people like Ivory you have that next evolution with Molly coming in later, Trish, Victoria, jazz, who should be in a women's rumble by now. She's trying to retire, but she can't because people keep booking her, but she should have been in a women's rumble by now, but then it kept evolving. I'll tell you what, in Perth, Western Australia, I saw Victoria versus Candace Michelle. I don't know what year it was, maybe 2006 or something like that. I was like, man, six Cand- or seven. Yep. Candace Michelle can fucking wrestle. I didn't realize that until that day because guess what? It was a house show and she got given more than two minutes. All of this has happened. All of you girls in that Divas era. You know, everyone goes on about Beth and Natalia. They were there during that time as well. Michelle McCool and Layla, they show what they could do. But like all of you girls around that time worked your fucking asses off. And for everyone to think that it didn't mean anything at that point, but only meant something when the uh, whole NXT and, and the women there and TNA with the knockouts and all that stuff with Gail and awesome Kong. Sorry if I'm going on a rant here, Maria, but I need to get this That's out. Okay. okay? Okay, that was, that was the women's evolution there, okay? Those girls in your era weren't given the chance to show what they can do compared to what happened later on when AJ Lee went on Twitter and said, give Divas a chance with the hashtag, okay? But every time yeah. they talk about it, they never mention that it was her that came up with it because... Guess what? It happened around the same time that Punk left the WWE and so did she. And
0: guess what I was doing when she tw- and tweeted that. Yes! Ah! I'm freaking You're out! I'm already tweeting that shit! I'm um, hitting all the buttons and, like, I was so excited. and like Yeah,
1: yeah. Because everyone had had enough of seeing this fucking happen. So, like, for them to just think this era right now and nothing against they, girls they right they now, the girls right now, they're fantastic. But, man holy so shit! so
0: instead of her instead of aj they give it to the twins and sure the twins had their place but aj was the one that put it out there mm-hmm. and aj was the one and they there's a saying that i love the one through the wall first gets the bloodiest Yeah. and that's the truth is yeah. like aj put it out there and she's it, and, she's nowhere to be seen and on in every documentary television.
1: that's come out about it since Maria, they, 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 they did that thing with all the, the words were popping out of give Divas a chance, hashtag, hashtag, but they never once mentioned that AJ Lee was the one that called them out on it. And that's why that hashtag went viral.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, <laughs> but I like to believe that your legacy speaks more um for you than what um other people are going to try and manipulate like they they will i mean I, recently there was there was a book out that painted the divas locker room as like this caddy bunch of girls and blah, blah, a bunch blah, blah. of shit no it of course everybody argues from time to time we all fought for each other and mm-hmm. that at the end of the day is the most important thing it was comparing the men's locker room to the women's locker room and saying the men's locker room was so much better than the women's locker room. I don't believe that for a second. These women that I fought for that I worked with, I have a lifelong connection with, I have a lifelong feeling of admiration for the women I worked with because we were all in that fight together of getting one more minute or 30 more seconds. So that book that came out that wants to paint the divas locker room as some kind of caddy, high school, whatever. It, it's total bullshit. Yeah. At the end of the day, we fought for each other and I will always fight for the women that worked with me during that time and the women moving forward.
1: Fuck yeah, Maria. I dig it. <laughs> and, uh, that book could get a big from me. Um, <laughs> Okay, look, we're very close to the end. This okay. has gone on way longer than I thought it would. But I'm
0: sorry, I I like to. I, no, I love, I've
1: I love been talking probably more than even you. I'm
0: not good at it. <laughs> I,
1: I think I've talked more than you because I, uh, some of this stuff just really sticks in my craw. So um, <laughs> you're out of WWE. Finally, it's time to go back to where you belong a place that's going to appreciate you both care about you both give you content to fucking work with. That means something you're back in ring of honor. Tell me about how it feels to go back there.
0: So ring of honor was a place that, um, at first I thought was going to be somewhere that I passed through in my original run. I was like, all right, I'll do this for a while and see where this goes it ended up being the place that created me mm-hmm. in the sense that um it gave me the freedom to uh, to see what I could really accomplish and see where I could um where could, where I could go and how I could build as a character and oh. so now leaving WWE again being back in Ring of Honor again now I get to explore a whole new part of Um, who I am now Ah. after having two kids and after, um, all the craziness that happened in WWE and at this point in my life, where, where does that leave me, um, in the wrestling world? And so, um, it's actually, uh, it's exactly where I'm supposed to be. Um, I feel safe. I feel like I can grow creatively, um, so that's uh, that's the great part of Ring of Honor is um, they give you a chance to grow,
1: yeah. and
0: uh, I'm super excited about what I'm doing now. Um, we've been um, kind of nicknaming it um, as being like, uh, mama bear of the women's division. (laughs) Um, I am very entwined with, uh, who we're bringing in, how we're bringing them in, um, how they're being treated while they're here, um, how they're going to be booked moving forward. So now I've taken all that experience in front of the camera and started putting it behind the camera. Um, this part of my career isn't about me. It's about, um, it's about everyone else. It's about the girls that deserve opportunities, Um, opportunities. I wasn't given at the beginning of my career. I want to create for uh, the new crop of women's wrestling um, and give them those opportunities. Uh, It's about doing better um, and, and giving equality. So I'm super excited about it. I know that ring of honor is very excited about it. This, tournament that we have coming up um is a tournament that was scheduled before the pandemic happened um and they never got to do it because of quarantine and all the craziness that ensued so now we're coming for, full circle um in a big way and yeah there's a lot of good talent out there it's hard it is hard to like be like okay you and you like it is there's so much great talent out there. I want to give everybody an opportunity, but like, th- th- that's not possible.
1: That's fantastic. It's inspiring to me to see somebody excited about what they're about to do in life. That's fantastic, Maria. Um, really happy for both you and Mike, honestly. Like, uh, this is where he needs to be as well. Uh, he needs to be put up on that pedestal and given the opportunities to create great moments, great matches in a place that's going to allow them that opportunity. It means a lot. And, um, you know, you've talked about, about ring of honor here. Um, but I'm going to take a quick sidebar before I get to my final segment. A few weeks ago, I saw you dealing with some Twitter trolls. I blocked them myself because I was like, I don't want them to be in my world. Um, how, (laughs) How difficult is it being a public figure and dealing with these fucking losers, these fucking no good bottom of the barrel losers that will, that will tweet at you trying to get a reaction and say horrible things about you and your partner. I want to hear the biggest fuck you from Marie Canellas to these. (laughs) people.
0: Well, you're not going to hear that. What you're going to hear is me saying, I feel sorry for them. I feel badly that they're in such a horrible state of mind, such a bad place in their life that they think that their comments would actually have an effect on me. They do not. I do not care. Uh, A lot of times when I read them, I laugh unless they're violent and then I report you to the authorities. Good. Uh, But I feel sorry for these people. Um, I, my, my husband has a joke that I love, and I wish we could put into play. There should be a punch button on Twitter, <laughs> on Instagram. Like you can only use it like once a month, but once you hit that button, like instantly that person gets punched in the face. And so their comments actually have like some kind of consequence. Like, I hate your guts. You're so blah, blah, blah. Oh, really? punch button wham like
1: just goodbye <laughs> just to evander hollyfield all oiled up and and ready yeah he's, just right there. He's, he's like ready here you go motherfucker boom yeah that's, i love it
0: that's it because <laughs> i really believe that these people are so insecure and insignificant in their own lives that if they were to have to say this to somebody's face they never would
1: Absolutely. And so these
0: people have literally no influence on my life whatsoever. Good. Um I have uh I have turned off commenting on my children's Instagrams. I do not read people's comments on Twitter unless I am doing like some kind of Q&A or something like that. I don't read your comments. So good job for you spending all that time. I don't read it. So like unless i have to promote something or i'm doing like QA or something for ring of honor i don't read that stuff i also don't read comments on instagram unless you have a blue check mark next to your name so if you don't i don't read your comments um because the check mark people are usually like people i follow or yeah um so i i think that these people are sad so I'm sorry, sad individuals. Um, maybe find a better hobby than coming at me because I don't care about you. Um, so, like that's that's how I um, that's how I go about it.
1: I think, I, don't I think care. I just think they're upset because nobody and nobody ever will touch their genitals. So
0: oh, that's, that's the problem.
1: <laughs> that's the problem. Like, no one will ever touch it, like except themselves. And I'm sure that's not even satisfying um <laughs> i'm making myself laugh now okay maria uh <laughs> let's plug everything you need to plug plug everything your your, your twitter your instagram you're not going to read the comments unless there's a blue check but
0: that's okay, cool so instagram is maria canales twitter is maria L. canales i'm on patreon which is maria canales um fun photos, uh, from new photo shoots, all that kind of stuff is on there. Um, sometimes I post videos of those photo shoots. Uh, then I also have, um, I have t-shirts on ring of honor and also on uh one hour tees. Um, I have a website, which is official Maria canellis I'm on Facebook, but I don't really do a whole lot on Facebook. It's official Maria canellis um, we have this cute, like docu-series show, uh, which is on ASY TV that's called the Bennett's and there's also a free episode. It's on YouTube. Um, sometimes we have a podcast, uh, it's called non-essential wrestlers. Uh, but yeah, so there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff, but, uh, the bigger thing is, is we're in ring of honor. We're here to stay and we're really excited about it.
1: I am too, Maria. I can't wait to see what's going to go down there. But at this time, Maria, you're in you're in the lion's den now. This is this is some serious shit. This is oh
0: like boy. Crazy. I, I don't know if I'm gonna... ready.
1: It is. Okay. It's pretty easy, actually. To be honest with you, it's actually not that okay. big a deal for Great. me to say. Lion's den is like really overselling this, but uh, <laughs> it's ten quick fire questions. It might be more than that, but um, maybe maybe eleven. But it's about, it's, it's to learn about other things in life. There's a couple about wrestling, but you know, a lot of wrestlers can't answer the questions in five seconds, but I believe you can. I believe you can. Mara. Okay. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> I'm
0: nervous. Ellis, All right.
1: Five second frenzy. Who was your favorite wrestler? Mike Bennett. Af- aside from Mike Bennett.
0: <laughs> the rock always, always.
1: Excellent. I, I I always dig anyone that smells what he's cooking. Your favorite opponent over the years, you had 198 matches in WWE. A few after that, but it's got to be your favorite opponent.
0: Favorite opponent, um, Victoria.
1: Excellent. And I just want to say, I'm glad to see her finally in the women's rumble this year. She should have been in the first one. Anyway, enough of my agenda. Favorite match you've ever had?
0: Favorite match, uh, me versus Gail Kim in TNA right now.
1: Excellent, excellent. Uh, okay, away from wrestling now. Favorite book?
0: Oh, goodness. Okay. Uh, it was the secret for the longest time. We've had that a few uh, times, actually. Yeah, you've gotten that. A few, okay. Yeah. Uh, Oh, what the heck was it called? Oh, I'm trying to think of um, like a normal, a normal book. That's not just inspirational book. Uh, I don't know. Pass. Can I do pass?
1: Let's just go with the secret. eh? Uh.
0: <laughs> Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones.
1: Oh, very good. Very good. Okay. Yeah. Does that coincide with the next question, which is what is your favorite TV show?
0: Uh, right now I'm watching uh, the outlander and also the last kingdom.
1: Very nice. Uh favorite film.
0: Favorite film. Um, What Dreams May Come.
1: Excellent. I'm thinking maybe for the next one, I think you might be a bit of a punk girl, but uh, what's your favorite musical artist?
0: Who um okay, so it was AFI for the
1: longest (laughs) time. I knew it. How do I know it? It's because when you (laughs) did the K commentaries interview, you had like a wristband, like a wrist thing. And I'm like, oh, she's a punk girl. I can tell.
0: Yeah, I, I go back and forth with that. A little bit of country, a little bit of punk. Um, isn't the saying a little bit of country, a little bit of rock and roll, but I, I go a little bit on the punk side. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll still go with AFI. I've been listening a lot more to punk rock lately. So if there's any new ones, maybe people can send it my way because um, I don't keep up with the young kids, what they're doing.
1: Yeah, forget them. Nothing's going on. <laughs> That's good these days. Let's <laughs> just worry about the old stuff. Uh, <laughs> favorite food, Maria?
0: Oh, um ice cream or oh, cheesecake, red velvet cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory. So good! It is lit. I can't even make my fingers big enough. It's like it's huge. So Unbelievable.
1: big, Maria. Think like big you, as my head. Have you ever? You, do you know the uh, alcoholic beverage, Bailey's? You know the. uh Oh
0: yeah, of course. Have
1: you ever had? Uh, red velvet cupcake baileys
0: no but i will be having that this evening
1: search for red velvet cupcake baileys Uh,
0: (laughs) that was way louder than
1: i expected it to be uh but it's fantastic uh favorite place to eat on the road
0: um back to cheesecake factory again um yeah cheesecake factory uh but I also really, I like California Pete's kitchen. Um, I know sometimes people get into like these small town hole in the wall. No, I am not. I get afraid. My poor belly doesn't always handle it so well. So I like to go with like, no. Yeah.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Um, The next one. Here we go. I think I know the answer. Mm -hmm. Favorite alcoholic beverage. Come on.
0: I, I would say, uh, I would say Moscato or, uh, red wine, but, uh, oh yeah. So good. Pink Moscato. It's just, a little it's sweet and it's delicious. Yeah. Um, but right now, because I want to go on a vacation, I'm going to say a pina colada.
1: Very nice. Very nice. I was really hoping just, you just say straight up red wine, red wine.
0: Yeah. Red, no, red wine,
1: I- red wine. It's a bit late now.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Second last one, Maria. Look, I, most of the time on this show, I've interviewed men. I've had um, okay. Georgia Smith, who's the British Bulldog's daughter. I've had uh, Goldilocks on the show. I've had Christine Johnson, who was a uh, producer for WCW. This, is, this question is usually what is your favorite female body part? But because you're a girl, what is your favorite male body part? What is something that you, at first, when you look at a guy, you're going to check him out? What's something that you like to look at first?
0: Well, you know, I, I probably should say eyes or something, but boy muscles. You know, there's little this V down there. Pointing. Oh, the the the, yeah. the
1: the groin V, the groin V. Yeah, like
0: that, a, I, I call them boy muscles. I right. that's my favorite.
1: It's the uh, it's yeah. like the it's the Brad Pitt in Fight Club V.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's, yes.
1: That's, that's the V that's I the always one. think of. <laughs> and finally, Maria, your favorite curse word.
0: Oh fuck! Always fuck.
1: Yeah, it, fuck it is goes like, with everything. It does. It does. It's a fucking it,
0: great day. It's a fucking terrible day. Like you, like all along, you just yeah. use it for everything.
1: Yep, yeah, you hit your toe. I mean, on the with kids of, though,
0: you got to be careful.
1: You hit your toe on the on the on the leg of a table. You go fuck you know but you see brad pitt with that v like fuck exactly it,
0: it worked it's it's the greatest curse word because it works for everything yeah
1: absolutely maria well thank you so much maria Kanals, for having fun with me tonight i'm a little bit tipsy at this point but i think you're enjoying how tipsy i am <laughs> i really
0: <laughs> i hadn't noticed
1: oh well, no what? I hope you had fun and, and I, I appreciate your time on the show. And I just want to say that, you know, even if WWE had disappointed you in the last run, you should be so proud of what you accomplished in ROH, TNA, even WWE as well, because you sh- you've shown your range. You've done so many great things. And me in Perth, Western Australia, the most isolated city in the world. I am a proud fan of you, my friend.
0: Thank you very much. And a fun fact, I've never wrestled in Australia, but I'm hoping to.
1: Cool. Well, um, I'll, uh, I'll talk to my contacts and see if we can get you booked here. Um, <laughs> uh, long story short, I don't really have any contacts, but I'll do what I can. Uh,
0: that's okay. Neither do I, but I just pretend.
1: Well, thank you, Maria. I really appreciate it. And once I say the all clear, I just want to ask you one more thing once we are done with the interview. But again, I just want to thank you for your time. This has been so much fun. Just us two girls hanging out.
0: <laughs> thank you so much.
1: Uh, thank you to me, Maria Kanellis. And thank you to all here for watching the Insider's Edge podcast. I'm California Inferior. I'm also quite drunk. It's been great to be here tonight, and we will see you next time, thank you.